morning. <laughs> I am very nervous, actually, and I've done lots of public speaking. I'm probably not normally quite so. I think it's because I felt like I was sharing David, like, some ideas. Um, and then he said to share them. And it's... <laughs> um, I don't like the idea that I'm standing up here <laughs> saying to you, I know the mind of God. And... <laughs> That seems like a great responsibility. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share kind of the story that I was sharing with David, um, which is, um, it's about worship, and it's got a lot to do with worship leading, um, because I've, I was trying to work out how long I've been worship leading for, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I reckon it might be around 19 years. It started with youth. It moved into, like, normal church. Um, so it's a long time, and um, there's been times where there's actually only been two worship leaders in our church, which means you're on every second week, or if they're away, you're on every week. Um, and because of that, I, um, I think I've probably spent a lot more time thinking about the purpose of when we gather and we sing songs, I think, than most people. Um, because I like to be intentional with the things that I do. And um, if I can't work out the purpose of why I'm doing something, then I'm not sure like I should be doing it. Um, and with worship, I always felt a very high burden of responsibility when I, whenever I was picking songs. I felt like the songs I'm picking represented God's will. It was like another way that he was speaking. And um, because of that, I've spent a lot of nights before a Sunday morning service, stressing over the songs I was picking, um, trying to get just the right songs. I've altered all of that a lot, but it's formed how I think about worship and um, specifically corporate worship. So there's lots and lots of forms of worship. Um, and we can we all have actually preferences of the way we like to worship. Um, I've heard great testimonies about worship, like just seeing God in creation, um, feeling God when you're in creation or when you're actually working, you know, work is worship. You can worship God when you're washing dishes. That's like service and worship and all that kind of stuff. So there's lots of ways. But I've thought a lot about corporate worship is the coin, like the way I'm coining it. It's corporate worship when we gather as a group. And... Um, I was sharing with David some of my, like, guidelines that I've developed when I pick worship songs now, and he's like, that's what you got to share. So this is not a lesson on how to pick worship, so you're not to, like, judge the next week's worship leader and go, did they follow Krista's guidelines? This is actually, <laughs> this is not, not what it is. Um, it's formed my attitudes when I come to w corporate worship of any type. So whether I'm leading it, whether I'm participating in it, um, this is, um, yeah, this is my attitude towards it. And um, it all started a really long time ago when I was a teenager. I remember picking songs for our cell group and I was in um, the hood camps um, cell as a teenager and I had, um, it was my responsibility to pick the two songs that we were gonna sing in our cell group on that Friday night and, um, I picked them and I actually thought it went really well and I came away with this sense of there was something there that doesn't happen when you worship privately. It was like, it was different. And um, from there has developed this thought that corporate worship 
is different to your personal worship. I actually believe, I don't actually have a scripture for this part, so this could be heresy, but I believe, (laughs) um, I, I have scriptures for the fact that corporate worship is different, but not for this next bit. I believe that there is some kind of a grace or a blessing that God gives out when we gather and we worship together, and he doesn't tend to give it out when you're just by yourself. It's almost like that, that um, spirit of understanding that came upon us when we dedicated ourselves. It's kind of along those lines, I guess. Um, it's like he has stuff available for you. If you choose not to participate in this, you're kind of choosing not to accept this great gift that God has Um, And it's like it's linked to corporate worship. So um, I have a journal entry from 2001. Um, So I'm about 19. And I'm grappling with this question. The Bible says that when two or three are gathered, God will be there also. So that's one part. But the Bible also says that God will never leave nor forsake us. So like how do those two things kind of go together? And... um, And I go, and so so this is what I believe. There's a special dynamic to corporate worship that God brings. Um, But the Bible also says a lot about God's, um, about a person's prayer closet. Um, There's a lot of stuff. I'm actually talking about my prayer closet in this entry. I felt like I was neglecting it. But down the bottom I say, we must have a balance between these two areas of our faith, between when we gather and when we do our um, personal prayer closet, we can't, we can't have one and not the other. We need to have both. Okay. So the first question with corporate worship that I actually um, had to come to terms with was, have you ever asked, do we really need songs in church? Because um, I have. Because what, we just do it? And why? Like, why? Like, can't we just come and listen? Or like, as Philip said, can't we just turn up in the middle, hear the sermon, and then go home? Or can we just turn up for worship and not bother with the sermon? Like, do we actually have to have songs in church? So we all know um, the Bible says that we're not to neglect meeting together. And that's in Hebrews 10.25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So don't get in the habit of not meeting together. It's important. And I think we all kind of agree with that. And obviously, um, we've been preaching tons from the Psalms that says you're actually meant to sing songs. Singing songs is something God calls us to do to worship him. So the one I found is in Psalm 98. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. So that's a direct instruction. Um, We are to come to church. We are to sing songs. But does that mean we're meant to sing songs in church? And I believe we are. Um, Because I was actually grappling with, like, is a worship leader a thing? Like, Like, should we, like... Should there actually be a worship leader, this kind of thing? But um, to do something corporately, you need someone to organize it and to lead it. So do we need to do it? And if we do, then we need the person to lead it. But if we go back to the Old Testament when David built the temple, um, it says, so I'm going to read a few things from Chronicles, and we won't put these up. Um, 
but it says David assigned the following men to lead the music at the house of the Lord after he put the ark there. They ministered with music there at the tabernacle until Solomon built the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. Um, they carried the ark of God. And it says, David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, singing and playing all kinds of musical instruments. So it's again, it's um, a corporate thing. They're doing it before the temple of the Lord. Um, there's another passage when it talks about um, the actual people that were appointed to lead this. They and their families were all trained in making music before the Lord. Each of them, 288 in all, was an accomplished musician. Like, that's a lot of people. Um, and I, I read a very interesting thing about it. It's like a lot of them were families. It says the sons of this person, they list a whole heap of names. It's families and brothers um, and they gather and they worship before the Lord. And really, we're, you know, we're the priests in the new covenant. You were all called to be priests. We're actually all called to come together and do the same thing. Um, as the burnt offering was presented, songs of praise to the Lord were begun. So they offered offerings and they offered songs of praise. And the two went together. Um, and so it's been argued that like David's most significant contribution to the Israelite worship practices was the formation of professional musical divisions. And so you could say right back from then it was put in place that God wanted people to gather and actually worship him with songs. Um, that's Old Testament, and I have two New Testament passages. So one is Colossians 3.16. Can you put that up? There you go. Um, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. So that's more than one person with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So that's singing songs together. And then the next passage kind of is 1 Corinthians 14, 26. And this comes in a really interesting chapter where God is talking about order when um, people gather to worship. So there was obviously a lot of disorder going on, and he's just talking about order and all the different spiritual gifts and how that works out um, in a corporate gathering. But what it says then is, what then shall we say, brothers, when you come together, everyone has a hymn, hymn, so that's my songs in church, or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. And so um, I come to the conclusion that, yes, we are supposed to sing songs in church. We're meant to come together. It's it's not just something you can do by yourself. It must be done that we're to come together. Um, I think do an offering where you sacrifice before the Lord. It's all kind of in your heart, but then you're also meant to sing songs together. Okay. And so, um, so once I guess I've established that, yes, we are meant to be singing songs together, then comes the question of what type of songs are we meant to sing? Um, and we've had actually a bit of preaching about this in the church. But for me, where it really comes from is some really low times in my life where 
I still have this responsibility to worship lead because either there's hardly anyone available to do it or it's something I've committed to when you feel great, but then life comes along and you don't feel so great anymore. In fact, you may have stopped talking to God um, at that time because you're not really happy with kind of what's going on. And um, but you have this commitment. I've got this commitment that I've made and I'm on a roster <laughs> and my name is down and I have to turn up on Sunday and I have to lead worship. And my feelings towards God are not great. And so what am I going to do? And um, I've had a couple of these. And um, I guess... What it came down to was I was picking, I had to pick songs, and I'm looking through the words of these songs, and I'm like, I can't sing that. That says how great I'm feeling about God, and it's just not true at the moment. Um, if I get up there and sing, I'll lie, because my emotions don't match that. Um, there's songs that, that say, you know, when this comes along, this is what I'm going to do. And the fact is I'm standing here in the middle of that and I'm not doing what that song says. I'm not being particularly strong. I'm not um, being joyous. And um, it's, it says this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. This is how I feel about God. And I couldn't, I couldn't sing those songs and so in desperation, I just started going through songs and finding lyrics that basically said things that I thought were true that had nothing to do with me. So I had to find songs that were basically scripture. And they just said what God is. So if it declared that, you know, God is three in one, yeah, I still believe that. So I haven't denied my faith. I'm just really struggling with how God's working in my life at the moment. So I'm like, that is true. I can, I can declare that. Um, and just songs that, just so scripture-based, songs that talk about um, Jesus dying on the cross and saving me, that's pretty much all I had left. I was standing there thinking, all I know is, is that I believe. I don't know about the rest at the moment because it doesn't feel great. But I believe, I can't deny him, I believe he died and I believe he rose and I believe he's the king. And that's kind of what's left. And so I was trying to find songs like that because I could stand up there and I could sing them without lying. Um, and it's actually really hard to find songs that don't talk about you until you go looking for it. You're so not aware of how much um, a lot of worship songs say I in them. They say I all the time and they talk about my feelings and what's happening inside of me while I'm singing the song. Um, and I don't, um, I'm not saying those songs are wrong um, because they're not, they're not wrong. I actually think they're still God-given. But for corporate worship, I don't think that's the basis of what corporate worship is meant to be. It's not meant to be us there standing, singing um, about us and how we're feeling in this moment. Um, it's, that's kind of like a personal ministry song almost. It's like... and. Um, some of them are so anointed when they talk about that I and your feelings. And I'm not saying it's not. It's just not the right place for it. And sometimes um, God will use those. So this is not like a... 
Ten Commandments. God can do whatever he likes. Um, But for the basis of what I started doing, it was finding songs that talked about God and what was true and what didn't change according to my circumstances. I needed songs that talked about things that didn't waver. They were constant no matter what was happening. And that's, um, that's how I like pick songs now. Um, but out of that has changed the way I now approach worship. So when I come to church, because it's more linkly close to church, there's lots of times where I don't feel like coming to church um, because I haven't had a great week. Um, and you don't feel like God's been looking out for you that week because so much bad stuff has happened. And, um, and so it, it again comes to this I thing about what I'm feeling and what I really believe now is, is um, when I come, I put aside the me. I think um, I developed this thing where I thought I was coming to church because God was going to do something for me. I was coming because I had this problem and I need God to answer it. So I'm going to come to church and at church we're going to sing songs and he's going to give me a word of knowledge or a prophecy or there's going to be a sermon that's going to talk to my individual need. And that is why I am coming to church because there is a need that I need met. And um, that is actually often how most people start coming to church. They have a major crisis in their life. And I've, I've spoken to many people, spent time with them that have come to church. I've befriended them. You spend time weekly talking to them about their crisis. And then when the crisis is over, they stop coming. And all the weeks, months, and years you poured into them don't seem to matter anymore. And they go off and they do their own thing. And they no longer come, right? So that's how we start coming. But that's like baby faith. That's the milk. That's how we get there. That's not actually meant to be where we stay. We're not meant to keep coming to church because of what we get. What's meant to happen is that we're meant to come to church for others and for God. It's um, because, how do I word this? So I was so focused on individual, my individual need that I wasn't worried about what God was trying to do maybe corporately in his church on this earth, in the Church of Peace in Rockhampton, the body of Christ in Rockhampton. I'm just totally focused on me. And as a worship leader, if you have that attitude, it actually causes problems. There's like over 100 people that come to church every Sunday. Do you know how many needs? There probably are probably 100 different needs. How do I, as a worship leader, physically choose four songs that's going to speak to every one of those individual needs? Like, it's impossible, right? I cannot choose a song about addiction and a song maybe about um, God being faithful and him being strong. And, like, there's just so many different needs. I can't choose the songs that are going to speak to each of your individual needs. And so... um, like, I kind of had to give that up. I also had to give up um, when um, people come in, people's opinion on worship, you also have to give that up too because um, 
I have had um, the one worship session where I've received both positive and negative feedback. I've had people say, that just so spoke to me. That was amazing. And for the exact same worship session, I've had someone say, boy, that was really hard. I think there might have been like um, some spiritual oppositioning happening in the service today. Like it just didn't feel like people really entered in today. And um, it's the exact same four songs that I chose. We were all there together in the same one. And I think what that stems from is um, it's more of a comment on how it filled your personal needs. How did worship fill your personal needs? Or maybe you are under some spiritual oppression and so you were struggling to get through, but that's how you were personally experiencing the worship that was going on today. And so if I judge the success of um, my worship session, according to that, I was like, I failed every single week because I couldn't meet all the needs that were going on. And so I had to redefine the purpose of worship and what successful worship was, if you want to, like, go on success. Like, did I do the job that I'm... Did I do the job that I'm given to do when I'm picking worship? So I had to redefine that. Okay. And so now my burden is not so much about picking songs. It's actually putting aside all my personal needs and go, God, what are you trying to say to the church this week? What, it is, what is it that you want to do in the church? Forget, I need to forget about the fact that I'm worried about the salvation of one of my kids or that I'm worried about a financial need I have or that um, I can't get along with co-workers or, like, there's, like, tension. I have to put all of that aside and go, what do you want to say to your people in church this week? And try and find out what he wants. And in doing that is a choice where I choose to put it aside and I choose to worship. So if you translate that from me picking songs to my attitude when I come to church, when I come to worship, I actually have a choice to make. Will I choose to worship? Will I choose to put aside my own things and say, God, what is it that you're trying to say to the body of Christ today and how do I fit into that? So it's a choice. Um, and I've done a testimony before actually on choosing to worship and how the more you choose, actually the easier it gets. Um, but it's, it's a physical choice. It's not a feeling that I have. There's not a lot of feelings that come in with that. The feelings that often come later. But the other thing I think is in there is also trust. So we have these problems going on and we just won't let go of them. And I, you, um, people who are more anxious have more trouble with this than others. But we pray to God and we ask for the answers. But there isn't an immediate answer. And we won't let go. And so I'm a kind of person that just wants to keep talking it through and thinking about it and praying about it and just keep going, going, going. Um, and I won't put it aside. But there's actually a point where you have to put it aside and go... I've asked, and now I trust. And when I come to church, I feel like it's my burnt offering or my sacrifice where I go, I have had six days of the week 
to bring my personal issues to you where I can talk about them with you and pray about them and ask for the things I want. And right now, I'm going to put that aside and say, God, I actually trust you with them that for these next few hours, I don't have to worry about them or hold on to them because you're in control and you've, you've got it. I can actually come in and go, I'm just going to worship you and praise you and listen to you for what you want to do. And it's a, it's a very deliberate choice. Um, and so I have this really strong belief now that when we corporately come together, it's this opportunity to do to put aside all my personal desires and just listen to what God is trying to say. And I'm not saying he doesn't talk to you personally when we're in church, because he does. But I think that blessing comes because you've chosen to put your personal stuff aside and chosen to come together as the body of Christ. If, um, if we go back to that Hebrews verse, um, Hebrews 10, do we have Hebrews 10? 24 to 25 in there. Okay. Coming to church is for God, but it's also for others. So it's that very selfless thing that we're doing. And I think the Bible talks about this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So this is before the passage I read before. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us courage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We're meant to come to church for others. When we worship, it's actually for others as well, because we spur each other on. So it's not, it's not just about getting my needs met. It's not meant to be about that. This is a real act of service for the body of Christ, where you are supposed to, because it tells us not to neglect it. We're supposed to come together. And when we come together and we seek God, we're actually helping other people. And it's that building up of the body of Christ. If we go to Colossians 3.16, this is also um, talking about like how this helps other people. We, when we put aside our own stuff and we come together for one another, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. So it's the one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So we're coming together for one another again, but when we come together, we're meant to do it with gratitude in your hearts to God. It's not like you're coming to go, okay, how I need to find someone, talk to them, find out their problem, and then give them my advice. That's actually not how you're building up one another. You're actually building up one another with gratitude, when you're doing things with gratitude in your hearts to God. So when you are praising and worshiping God, God uses that to help others. It's not you physically trying to help others. It's God using your worship and your praise and your right attitude. Um, in Ephesians 5.19, it um, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, 
Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. That's the same thing. This is all meant to be directed at the Lord. It's our worship to the Lord. Okay, and the last one, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What shall we say then, brothers, when you come together? Everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All these must be done for the strengthening of the church. The purpose of it is for the strengthening of the church. And um, in the King's James Version, it says, let all things be done unto edifying. And um, I was looking at that, that word, the Greek word, and it's actually building and constructing a physical thing. It's talking about construction. And by extension, then, it says, it's the building up, edification, strengthening and developing of another's life through acts of words of love and encouragement. And so all of this is meant to be directed at God, but God uses it to strengthen people. So he talks to us personally during worship, but I think it only comes when we actually come with the attitude of this is not about me, this is about me choosing to worship God. So I'm going to worship him because he is good and because he is God. It doesn't matter what's gone on. That is what I'm going to choose to do. And to me, it's a great act of trust when I come and do that, that he will then take what is happening and he will then meet the needs of everyone because he's actually well able. He's well able to do it. We just try and like cling on and do it all ourselves. But if we hand it to him and come and actually worship him together, then he will meet the needs and he will build the church. And it's through our praise. I, I think it happens because we praise God. Was that all? The, I think that's all. Was that everything I said? Yeah? Okay. You did, you, you act just like a real preacher. I was just thinking, I'm, I'm just about to do this next six months preaching roster. Let's have a vote. Should we give Krista a spot? Yeah. All in favour? Uh, <laughs> um, if I was to summarise all of that down into one thought, what's the thought? Okay, this is the thought. When you come to worship on a Sunday, you're coming with him in mind, you're coming to do something for him. You're not coming to church for you. Now, Chris is making the point that God's so nice and kind, you're gonna get something out of it because he's just good like that. But the point is, that's not why you're coming. You're coming, you're thinking in your mind, we're coming to church, it's for him, it's important, we're gonna worship the Lord together. So you come with that attitude, ready, to worship him. And sometimes you won't feel like it, maybe even most times you won't feel like it, but that's the attitude you have. Um, so the band's gonna come and we're gonna actually do some worshiping and um, we're gonna have this attitude. Now, you probably feel like it this morning. <laughs> that's so great. But you may not always have that feeling of feeling like it. So you'll remember the lesson for maybe 
next Sunday morning when you come to church and you've just had an argument in the car on the way to church or, you know, what seems to happen for lots of people on a Sunday morning is it's, you know, something happens, you know, the fridge breaks and your house gets flooded with four inches of water, you know, something like that. That happened to someone, right, recently? So, you know, things happen and you're not always in the mood, but you, you say to yourself, I am coming to worship the Lord because he's deserving of my worship. Or as Krista made her final analogy was to do with bringing a sacrifice to the temple, right? You're bringing a cow to church to chop off its head or whatever, you know, whatever you're going to do. You know, and why are you doing that? Why are you bringing the beast to church to kill it? What's the point of that? For the Lord, right? People brought their sacrifices to the temple for the Lord. So you come to church on a Sunday to bring your sacrifice, which is, in in your case, is worship for the Lord. All right, so we're gonna do some worshiping. Wonderful. Let's just have one or two people right where you are, have a prayer. The Lord will put on someone's heart or maybe one or two people's heart a prayer right now. If the Lord's put that prayer on your heart, just pray it out loud right now, right where you are. Is there another prayer somewhere? ones be found and the blind will see and I thank you died for the cross for us and you paid our debt we didn't deserve it, your love we were unworthy but you still do it for us Lord I thank for all you have done for us all these years just name amen amen Well, please be seated. Um, so uh, we've got a few minutes left. We'll have a couple of testimonies. In a minute, I'm going to get Noel to come, and he can start in just a second. But, you know, yesterday I thought there has to be a good video out there somewhere of someone winning the lottery that I could show you, you know, pure joy. Uh, um, I didn't find one. It turns out that... Most people that win the lottery are not caught on camera in the moment that they discover it. It's very rare. 
But there was this interesting story of this guy that, now I'm not endorsing lotteries or anything at all. I think God actually hates, I think God actually hates us wasting our money on gambling. I think it actually makes him angry, is my hunch. Because when you do that, you're not trusting him. Uh, you know, the Lord knows how to provide. His name is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. But when you go and buy lottery tickets, you're not putting your trust in him. So it's the opposite of the thing that pleases God, which is faith. So that's just my word. But anyway, this guy went and bought a scratchy ticket and won something like, I don't know, $50,000 or something or 250000 So he's naturally happy. So he's in this little country town and the news media wanted to do a story on this guy and they wanted him to reenact the moment of him scratching a ticket. So for the reenactment, he has to go into the news agency, buy a ticket, scratch it, and you know, reenact. So the, here's this bloke in the news agency scratching the ticket, and guess what happens? He wins again. <laughs> Another 250,000. He's like, oh, look at that, like completely shocked. Well, that is what it's like being a Christian. Like that is exactly, like you wouldn't pick it twice, right, for this guy, but no, with the Lord, it's like every day, it's a fresh victory. He's just constantly coming out with another wonderful thing. Well, it's like every ticket is a winner with the Lord. <laughs> so um, with that wonderful thought in mind, Noel, come and tell us, uh, come and share with us why you love to dance in church. Um, well, I love to praise the Lord. I am naturally not an um, exuberant, uninhibited person. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, I guess. <laughs> but I know inside me that's the truth. And, um, and I feel I've, I've received a gift from God, a grace to do that, to be free. It's not, you know, all of the things you've been sharing and have been sharing about inhibitions, they're, they're, they're fact. It's not like I don't face that. But I do know that um, I have been given freedom from God, by God, to enter into his presence, into his court with praise. And, and I agree, it's not, it's not for me. People come up to afterwards and say nice things to me about the worship. So it, I believe it did something for them. And, and that's a great thing. And, you know, I'm sure all of us could come into greater freedom. Like, I only think I'm at 20%. Serious. Uh, inside me, I want to do more. And, and in the last year or so, it's even been harder physically. But um, I'd, I'd just love, love to just, you know, that, that everyone could be released, like we are doing now, like you has happened to you. I saw something happen this morning. <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was thinking, wow, I wish I could jump that high. 
<laughs> but what boils down to it, it isn't for us, it's for others. We're not doing it for self-glory. Um, we're doing it as a sacrifice. Sometimes, uh, well, a sacrifice seems like it's, it should be hard, doesn't it? Like, sacrifice has a, a connotation that for those with their cows, that cost them. It costs. A sacrifice should cost. So what I do, I don't think it costs that much, really. I think we could all benefit by being free and, and receiving. I'm sure, I'm sure God was just wanting to give this grace. And it's up to us to actually want to receive it. So, yeah. Amen. Oh, Lord, I thank you. You have given me grace. And, and I pray, Lord, whatever grace you have given me and much more you would give to all of us, Lord, that we would be free, more free, that there'd be no inhibitions in worship, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Let the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ enter into our hearts in the name of Jesus, amen. Well, um, is there anyone else that wants to share? You know, is the Lord doing something in you right now with praise and worship? Do you feel like you're breaking through? We've got time for one or two people. Come forward. I was thinking to myself, please come while I talk for another 30 seconds. I was thinking to myself that it was easy last night when we all danced because Philip said, we're all going to dance. So what was easy about it is that you knew that everyone else was going to be doing it too. So the peer pressure element was removed because they were, we they were just as weird as you were, right? You know what I mean? You know, like at school where you, this is the boys will really get this, at school where the teacher says, you know, for PE, we're all going to learn a dance. Well boys hate dancing, but everyone's going to do it, so you do it. Actually, mind you, I did hide behind the curtains once, and uh, I had smart, worked out. There were 16 girls, oh, was it 15, 16 boys and 15 girls. I worked out there was one more girl than boy, and so I just stood behind the curtain. And when the teachers were lining everyone up, yeah, it was perfect. Anyway, <laughs> somehow I got away with that. Um, anyway, don't do that. But the fact is that everyone was doing it together last night. It's a bit different when no one's doing it and you've got to start, right? Now you've really been singled out. So it, that's the sacrifice part, saying, like, no, it's, because it's not about you. I'm going to do this for the Lord. I'm going to dance as a gift to him, not as because I feel free, I'm going to do it. No, you won't feel free. You just, you just won't. Um, so here's a, here's a me, the non-experienced human being, helpful tip, right? Not coming from knowing what I'm talking about at all. So here's David's helpful tip. A, a giant leap in the air is f incredibly freeing and easy to do. It's just like one thing. So just like a, yeah, something like that. And it's, it's not f the full dancing, but it's, it's amazing how easy it is to do just one big old leap. So wait for a moment in a song that's like a, a moment like shout to the Lord and go, yeah, something like that. Just in a moment. It's just, 
It's kind of a half step towards full dancing, but it feels really good. So look for your opportunities in a song, like a high point, and give a big old fist pump and a jump and a, a yeah. Um, yeah, you might work your way into dancing. Do we have a testimony? Great. We should have at least one more, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm shaking. <laughs> um, so what Chris has said and what Noel said, uh, I understand exactly what you're saying. And those of you who were in Norman Road with us, we had flags, you know those flags? And um, the first time I went to wave a flag, I sat in the seat thinking, I really want to do that, and I got brave, and I did it. And it turned out there was a grace on me to wave flags. And that's really nice, except that, when do you stop? When do you start? Um, are you just performing, you know? Have you missed it? And God was very gracious, because he would, like one, one night there was a line-up of prayer line-up, and I'm walking backwards and forwards on the platform thinking, oh, I should be sitting down now. And afterwards, a lady came up to me and she said, you know what, I could see the water coming off the end of that flag. I'm like, oh. And then I really like, I can't stand still. You've probably seen that. And the first time I got up to dance in church, I remember it really well because I really, really wanted to go out the front and finally I did. And after that, um, I had people say things about how they were encouraged. And over the years, there have been so many times where I'm like, oh, I'm just like Krista, you know, I don't know, not doing so well this week. And I've stepped into the aisle and there have been so many times someone has said to me, you know what, I knew, when you, when you took your shoes off, when you took your shoes off, Oh, she's going to dance, and something happened in somebody else. And so I just want to encourage you to, like you say, take the step. And don't worry about, A, if you're performing, B, you look stupid, or three, what somebody else thinks. You've just got to give that over to God and do it anyway. Very good. Two more. Nathan, come. Okay. Um... This year for Lent, I gave up secular media, which meant I didn't listen to non-Christian music, which means I've been listening to far more worship music in the car, on the drive. And man, I've, I'm blissfully happy. Like, I'm literally so happy, man. Um, I drive around work and the, to, to work, and the sky is bluer, and the clouds are all incredibly beautiful. And I wake up each morning and look out my window and say, oh my goodness, look at that. The, oh, this, I say, God, like, thank you, that, you know, the sky is blue and I'm saved and oh my days, like I just, <laughs> uh, I recommend it. But like it's, I, yeah, I've just been so full of, everything's just more beautiful and uh, incredible. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know me, my name's Nathan and uh, I love to express uh, concepts through sound. And sometimes that's on a guitar. You can express righteousness on an instrument. Or you can express something through your voice, maybe a yell um, or a flag. Um, today, this morning, I found myself wanting to express myself in, uh, with an instrument that I have never thought of expressing myself with. And it was with a tambourine. And I thought, ah, oh, wouldn't it be great to make a statement through a tambourine right now? 
And I was sitting there thinking, oh, I don't have a tambourine. And I thought I'd get up and share because maybe it's not for me to express with a tambourine. Maybe there's someone that has a tambourine here. If you don't, I have a shaker at home, an egg shake. I'm going to bring that along because uh, we'll go home for lunch. One of our little people will go to sleep and then we'll come back. Um, but if you have a tambourine here or you live locally, why don't you bring it? Uh, because I think there's something in that sound um, with where you want to go, yeah. So, um, but I'll bring a shaker if no one has a tambourine. So, <laughs> thanks. Marvellous. If you don't know, Nathan is married to Ruth, he's up the back, and they have two wonderful youngsters, and I've forgotten their names, my apologies. But they've been hanging around church the last few months, and they live down at the beach, so get to know them. So we've run out of time for any more right now, but we're going to have some morning tea for half an hour. We'll, when you hear the music, we're going to gather back, and um, those of you who are going to be baptised, make sure you are prepared in your right clothes, and um, we're going to um, have a wonderful next session. So we'll see you soon.